Welcome to Tech Down, the weekly podcast discussing technology and other nerd-related topics. My name's Adam, and I am joined, as always, by my handsome co-host, Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing this week, man? Ahoy, ahoy. Doing good. Ho, ho, ho to you, too. <laughs> Getting in the spirit over there? A little bit, yeah. We're like T-minus nine days until Christmas. This might be our uh, last Tech Down of the year before Christmas. That Okay, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Pre, Pre-Christmas Tech Down. We'll go with that. Yeah, you think this is the last episode before Christmas? Yeah, yeah probably. You I don't mean, want to do one early next week? You've got a lot of last-minute shopping to do? And you know what? Actually, no. This year, mercifully, we're, we pretty much have all of the shopping out of the way early. So I think uh, I think we actually finished Christmas shopping last night. I had to buy a couple bottles of alcohol, and that was it. I'm so jealous. Well done. It was awesome. You put the rest of us to shame. I picked up a little something for myself, too. If you want to skip ahead to uh, our sponsor break, picked up a nice bottle of a 15-year Glenfiddich. No way. Yeah, I actually uh, finished off my last bottle of 15-year, and uh, I think I got that my first year at Quicken Loans. So I was nursing that for a little over a year and a half. So pretty pretty solid, and it's time to re-up. Did you... Did you uh, buy the Quicken Loans bottle for yourself, or was that a gift? That was for myself as well. Nice. Yeah, it was a big year, so I thought I'd do uh, do something nice for myself. I'm jealous that you're drinking scotch. And I'm just sitting here drinking milk, as per tradition. A tall frosty. Mm, yeah, a tech-down staple. Yeah. I thought it was a little eggnog over there. Well, I didn't realize it was our last episode before Christmas. Unprepared. Dude, so I, I do this thing where I will... Uh, drink scotch and then I'll forget that I had scotch and then I'll get a glass of milk and, and that does not sit well in your stomach. Is there like some FYI. rhyming numeric to remember that? Uh, scotch before milk. Right? See, there's nothing. This is why it's <laughs> yeah. a problem for me. <laughs> there's no easy way to remember it. Yeah. So, um, all right. All right. Enough, enough dawdling. I'm really excited about this episode, and we gotta we gotta hit the uh, the follow up. Otherwise, we will never get to our main topic. You're right. You're right. All right. Uh, so I see on the list that you have been watching some television. Yes. So at uh, your recommendation, I think it was last episode. Um, Mary Beth and I sat down and we watched the first episode of the Fargo television show, season one, episode one. Season one, episode one, that's right. And I didn't realize how long these episodes were. Yeah, and they're an hour long. Yeah, I think this is going to be something that we, uh, it's a little bit of a slow burn for us. Hmm, okay. Uh, and this is good timing on your part because the season finale of season two just ended. So you'll be able to slow burn slash binge watch through both seasons. Oh, that's great. Great timing. What'd you think about episode one? Um, so it was, um, I, I should say Mary Beth and I both went into winning cold on this show. We hadn't, um, <laughs> watched the, yeah, <laughs> Minnesota. Eh? Uh. Yep. We, uh, we haven't watched any of, uh, it was the Coen brothers who made Fargo, right? Yeah. We haven't watched any of their movies, uh, Fargo included. Um, so we didn't really know what we we're getting into with the television show. I had heard that it was dark, but also a little bit funny and that there were a lot of funny accents. So that was basically my only impression going into it. And it definitely lived up to all of that and more. Uh, I, I thought it was very dark, first off. 
a lot of like not just in the way it is shot and the framing and the lighting and stuff but the material of course really really dark and uh the characters were pretty cool too the the two characters that really the first episode revolve around are billy bob thornton and martin freeman and i think they have um a good a good chemistry although they're not really together that often and uh martin freeman i thought just does such a a great job of portraying this like spineless wimp uh character just beaten down by life so I, I thought he did a, a pretty good job. Yeah, and Billy Bob Thornton does a really good job, I think, of being a complete psychopath badass yes. in season one. Um, and I was never really a big fan or super familiar with Billy Bob Thornton, um, but he he kind of knocks it out of the park that season. Yeah, definitely. He, he conveys the craziness uh, in the first episode, at least. Um, yeah, and I also hadn't seen a lot of him. I think I saw part of, like, Bad Santa, and that is... A little bit of a different program. Yeah. Eh, I mean, just a little bit, though. Yeah. So, um, like I said, it was like 50-something minutes. It was kind of long. And I thought, uh, the, overall, uh, some of it was a little predictable, actually, I thought. Um, but it was still really uh, entertaining television. You know, it's still suspenseful and surprising, too, like at the end of the episode. I- I'm sure um, if you've listened to this this far into the podcast, you're okay with spoilers. So. If you're not, uh, maybe fast forward until the main topic of the show. Um, but yeah, uh, like you mentioned, Billy Bob Thornton, just a stone cold badass in this and really, uh, goes ahead and does his new buddy, Martin Freeman, a favor and kills like his childhood bully, <laughs> like, uh, midway through this oh, episode. That's right. That's how the ball gets rolling. Yeah, Sam Hess is the 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 bully's name. He's just hanging out with his kids, and he starts like shoving around Martin Freeman and giving him shit. Um, and of course, Martin Freeman plays a total wimp who can't stand up for himself. So he just kind of takes it and then uh, um, goes to the hospital after he like gives himself a bloody nose. And that's where uh, he meets up with Billy Bob Thornton, who really just kind of like makes him question his entire worldview, basically, like in the span of a quick conversation about uh, how he should have reacted in, in the moment. He's charismatic, that Billy Bob. Yeah, he, he's electric. Um, and it, it kind of, uh, their their conversation ends with not quite an understanding, but maybe the idea that uh, Billy Bob Thornton is going to seek out and kill Sam Hess for Martin Freeman. Yeah. Which is like, wow, okay, that that's how it's going to start. I, I don't think that's really a spoiler. That's... Episode one, that's what gets the ball rolling. It's no problem. You know, the funny thing is, though, um, we're sitting there just thinking, like, this is their first episode. Like, where do they go from here, yeah. you know? Like, it it's kind of has that Breaking Bad thing to it where it's like, well, how are they going to top this episode? Yeah. It The series that it reminds me of the most is definitely Breaking Bad. Recommend it if you like Breaking Bad. Uh, it's got a similar vibe. It's sometimes funny. And you really like the characters, even the bad guys. And uh, it's it's just really, really well done. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, and really well cast, too. Like, there's a lot of uh, people who Mary Beth and I both like who had, like, smaller parts in this, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the first episode, who was there? Um, there was a, a small part played by Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks' son. He was a cop who confronts Billy Bob Thornton towards the end of the episode. And then, oh, I thought there was one other. Oh, it's escaping my... Uh, 
my memory. Oh, but um, there's there's just a lot of really good casting in this. I I don't know the girl who plays Molly, but I really like her character in this show. And she's been in a bunch of other things lately too. Uh, she was in The Gift, which I just saw, which is a uh, oh, is she in that? Jason Bateman. No. Who's the Wait, guy from Arrested yes. Development? You're right. It is Jason Bateman. Yeah. Uh, she was in that, and she's in the the Krampus movie that's coming out. Yeah, didn't see Krampus yet. I don't think it's out yet, is it? Oh, is it? No, not. That's not Christmas. Yeah, but Christmas movies come out like Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So, all right, so I haven't seen either of those. So, or no, I did see The Gift. Maybe if I rewatch that, I would recognize her. She was the uh, the next door neighbor friend that the the wife uh, talks to every once in a while. Anyway, uh, glad you're liking Fargo. Uh, I'm glad that I was finally finally able to convince somebody to give it a shot. And when I saw uh, Fargo episode one in the show notes, I was like, damn it. He watched one episode and he didn't like it. And now the one person that actually took me up on my recommendation (laughs) thinks I'm an idiot and we have to talk about it on the show. You got to revoke your recommendation. Yeah. Uh, no, you almost lost Mary Beth, though. A couple of shows have done this with gratuitous violence. There's a, a couple flashes of ultra-violence, mm. and that kind of uh, um, made her, made her uh, wince. Yeah, and there's just a little bit of that. Um, so, hey, speaking of movies, got something else in the pre-show. Um, I pre-ordered my tickets for Hateful Eight. Right, yes. Which I am ridiculously pumped about. They're doing this thing where they are touring the country, um, touring the country or like doing a road show is what they call it, where they take specific theaters around the country and they give them special 70 millimeter cameras and special 70 millimeter versions of the film to project and use the camera. And they train the people using the cameras to use them properly because it's not like the regular digital movies that people get. And, uh, and then they are going to do like a week-long screening of uh, Quentin Tarantino's new movie, The Hateful Eight, at select theaters. They're going to have an intermission in the middle of it. Um, apparently, 70-millimeter movies that are shot on 70-millimeter film are really impressive. I don't think I've ever seen one. Um, so I'm I'm just super excited. I got my tickets for that uh, earlier today, this morning. Nice. Yeah, you and Cindy are going? Yeah, we're we're going to drop uh, little Connor off at the grandparents' house and then watch some Hateful. That sounds great, man. Yeah, it looks looks very cool. Yeah, day after Christmas. Yes. Um, And there's another movie coming out this month. Um, st- There's a new Star Trek movie, I think. <laughs> people, Close. People are excited about that. Yeah. Somewhere in the world, someone's head just exploded, I'm sure. <laughs> I haven't been following it too closely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, new Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens. Yeah, making some waves today. Star I think, Wars, uh, that's right. Today is the first day that Rotten Tomatoes has actually reported a score for the new Star Wars movie. I don't know if you've checked Rotten Tomatoes today. No. See, I was looking for Star Trek this whole time, so. Yeah, you're not going to get very far there. Although, I guess they do have the new movie yeah. coming out. 
So right now, as it stands, uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens is at ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Just how many reviews? Um, that's a good question. Enough that they have the critical synopsis at the top. So enough that they've certified it fresh and put the rating up there. Um, actually, the only other movie that has a higher rating at this moment that is uh, still coming out um, isn't out yet is actually The Hateful Eight with ninety five percent. So I I guess you chose right. So far? Yeah. Yeah, so far. Um, Let's see. So Star Wars comes out tomorrow, I think. Hateful Eight doesn't come out till Christmas, a week later. Yeah. I think it's tomorrow at midnight, so Friday is the wide opening. Yeah. Exciting times. I, I'm excited about the Star Wars movie, I guess. I'll see it eventually. Um, I've never been a huge Star Wars fan, though. Yeah, I mean, I've watched them, which is more than Mary Beth has, but yeah. I'm kind of on the same page. Like, I'll see them when I see them. I'm not, I'm not like uh, avoiding comment sections and stuff like that to not see spoilers. So yeah. it's not. I'm not going out of my way to make a big deal of it. I don't have tickets. I'm not. Um, I'm not gonna go see it at midnight, anything like that. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'd like to see it first or second week. Quentin Tarantino, though, that's my boy. Yep, yep. I know you're a huge fan. I still got to catch up. I haven't seen all his movies. I've liked basically everything that he's done. So, yeah, I'm excited. Um, one last item of follow-up or uh, pre-show, I guess. Um, friend of the show, Paul Schultz, uh, which sometimes we say friend of the show, and it's somebody that we like uh, know a little friend bit. Friend of the show, Barack Obama. Yeah, exactly. Paul Schultz is an actual friend of the show. Uh, he's a great guy. He is brothers with uh, other actual friend of the show, John Schultz. Um, uh, like I, I've known Paul for a while. He's a great guy. He just got engaged. And so I wanted to wish him a very happy uh, tech down congratulations on his engagement. Ah, congrats, Paul. Wh- who? What's uh, Paul's fiance's name? Uh, Paul got engaged to Michelle, who I had the pleasure of meeting at one of John's viewing parties, John Schultz Jeopardy viewing parties. She is a lovely person, and uh, I'm very excited for both of them. Man, Tech Down Nation grows one person larger. That's right. Congratulations, you two. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic news. Yep. Um, All right, should we hit the main topic? Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. Uh, So last year, so we've got a tradition on Tech Down, uh, which is to do our best of lists for the year toward the end of the year. This was a tradition that is now one year old. <laughs> the first time we did it was last year, and it went really well. And uh, we got a lot of positive feedback. And I don't know if you've been checking the email account, but we've had many, many people asking us when we are going to start to do our best of episodes this uh, this year. We have an email account? You haven't been checking our email account? I've been ignoring a mailbag that's... Sorry, I'm sorry, Tech Down Nation. I'll let you down. I will. I'll give you the login credentials. Don't worry. Perfect. Um, and then you can ignore it and not have any good excuses. But then I'll have the credentials, so at least it'll be on me. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we are starting the season, the Tech Down Best of 2015 season, right now, dear listener, as you listen to this. Uh, where Aaron and I are going to discuss our top apps of 2015. 
Insert uh, rousing cloud noise sound effect here. Cloud noise. Did I say cloud noise? I meant crowd noise. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as far as format is concerned, uh, there is a new podcast, Making the Rounds, which friend of the show Marco Arment is on, uh, where he and his wife uh, discuss the top four of whatever the topic is, whatever crazy topic. And it's a pretty good loose structure. They have discussed top four Halloween candies, and their last episode was top four Christmas songs. Um, So I suggested that this might be a good format for us to try to stick to for the top apps of top tech down apps of 2015. Um, And Aaron has never listened to a top four um, in his life. So this might go terribly awry. Um, But if it does, then that is perfect because that is how every episode of Top 4 with Friend of the Show Marco Armand goes. Yeah, that's good, though, because it takes some pressure off of me. Yeah, hopefully things go awry. Hopefully, yeah. I'll be the Marco, you be the Tiff. Oh, that that sounds fantastic. I wouldn't have it any other way. All right, so how do we do this? Is it like we alternate? Is that? Yeah, let's go back and forth, uh, starting from your number four. So your least favorite app of 2015 is that how it works <laughs> <laughs> top four slash least favorite also yep oh okay um so the order i have these in is not my top four so i have to i have to quickly uh mentally sort these okay i got it you ready yeah all right so my number four top app of 2015 drum roll is Tweetbot 4 by Tapbot. Yeah! Congratulations, Tweetbot. Yeah, big uh, big win for the Tweetbot cam. Sorry, I didn't go with the official Twitter client, and I didn't go with Twitterific either. Um, I am a Tweetbot fan, born and bred, and uh, I believe Tweetbot 3 actually made my best of 2014 list, so it's kind of no surprise to see it here um, on my best of 2015 list. And what uh, what made you add uh, Tweetbot 4 to your top four list? So Twitter continues to be a really big part of how I spend time on the internet and how I discover new and interesting things. And Tweetbot is my preferred user experience of discovering and viewing those tweets. Um, I spent a lot of time this year also using the Twitter website. Um, and then I also downloaded Tweetbot for Mac to kind of complete my Tweetbot ecosystem. So it's actually kind of funny because Tweetbot's one of those apps that sort of fades to the background for me. Like there's there's things that I like about it and I appreciate, like the physics that are involved with, you know, flicking a photo away after you've viewed it. But by and large, it really is, um, it's an experience that to me, like the it kind of allows the content come to the front and the chrome sort of fades away especially in the dark mode that i have it always set to so there's no real big standout features necessarily other than just the user experience and um that it continues uh the flow through twitter that i've come accustomed to using tweetbot 2 and tweetbot 3 um so that's my first uh app of 2015 i'm curious to see uh what yours is and what if tweetbot made it on there yeah so uh really quick uh, i want to talk about tweetbot 4 uh which actually is not in my top four list Mm. um it 
Oh, it was like in the top four for a little while, and then it got pushed out by some other apps. Um, I love Tweetbot. It might be my most used app on the on my iPhone. Um, it's my go-to Twitter Twitter client, of course. Um, I also derive a lot of inspiration from Tweetbot. Uh, you mentioned the gestures with dismissing images and gifts and that sort of thing, and that's fantastic. Um, but I want to echo something else that you said, uh, which is it just it, like it kind of fades into the background and feels more like a tool. Which I feel very strongly that the best apps are the ones that you become unaware that you are actually using an app when you're using them. They just kind of fade into the background. Um, and Tweetbot, I think, does a really good job walking the line between being um, smooth and polished and doing clever things and also still uh, not getting in your way and just creating a really easy user uh, user experience. Um, I gladly p- paid for the upgrade when it came out earlier this year. Um, it was like $5, $3 to go from Tweetbot 3 to Tweetbot 4. And there's not a ton of new features, um, but something that really stood out to me and that has inspired me is the onboarding process for Tweetbot 4 is really smooth and polished and feels really good. And so um, I have crafted a onboarding experience for Kitchen Sink, uh, which um, is currently still in development. Um, And I was heavily inspired by the onboarding for Tweetbot 4. Yeah, quick note, uh, Tweetbot 3 was on your top apps of 2014 list, so kind of a notable omission. Well, yeah, I mean, no knock against Tweetbot 4. Um, It's just, it's a tool, um, like I said, probably my most used app. Um, Actually, like in the past week, the syncing has stopped working. They released an upgrade that uh, is supposed to make syncing between your Mac and phone timelines better which as a Twitter completionist, I find pretty indispensable. Uh, that has just stopped working for me. I don't know what the deal is. Um, so that actually might be part of the reason that it uh, got knocked up. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that myself, but I did see you tweeting about it and I had a couple plus ones on that. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, tweet about four. My number four is, drumroll, AMRC. The Reddit client app. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what that is. So I talked about AMRC briefly in a previous episode, um, and it is a Reddit client for iOS. Um, I think that most people are familiar with Alien Blue at this point if you use Reddit, um, or if you go to Reddit and you want to spend any amount of time on Reddit on your phone. Alien Blue was a pretty good app. It got bought by Reddit, I believe. I could have these facts completely wrong. Um, but it got bought by Reddit and then kind of just languished and didn't do anything interesting. They released a pretty big UI overhaul uh, within the past year and a half that kind of made things decidedly worse. Um, and so I did a little bit of searching for better Reddit clients because... Sometimes I like to kill time on Reddit, found AMRC, and it does a really good job of uh, doing the thing that I said I liked about Tweetbot, which is kind of 
fading into the background, being non-obtrusive. Um, it just works all the time. Images load. Um, I can dismiss images. This is a big one. Um, without having to reach up and hit the done button in the upper left corner. Um, so if you're like looking at funny memes, which you know sometimes you do that on Reddit, um, you can swipe to go back instead of hitting a done button, which if I remember correctly, uh, did not work on uh, Alien Blue, at least last I checked. Um, it's very fast. It's got a really basic UI. Um, but I like it a lot and I consider it to be a vastly superior experience to Alien Blue. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen this before. Reminds me a lot of the Reddit website, the UI for it. Yeah, and they have day and night modes too, of course. And they have they do a pretty good job of taking the power user features and kind of burying them a level deep so they're not always cluttering up the interface. Um, so, like, if you're on the main page and you swipe to the left, you can go to, like, shortcut pages. And if you swipe to the right, you can, I don't know, handle account stuff. So um, there's a little bit of a learning curve with finding where things are. And there are a couple of features that I thought it was missing for a little while. Um, but I was able to find them. And now it uh, makes Reddit a very pleasurable experience for me. Nice. Yeah. I, I do find that Alien Blue... Um, it, it has a lot of cruft attached to it, like things that I just straight don't use and I wish uh, would go a level deeper in the user interface so I didn't have to interact or see them um, every day, even though I don't use them. So I, I don't know, like I kind of see where you're coming with from there. Uh, it seems like Alien Blue took uh, everything but the kitchen sink uh, mentality. Yeah, and like they have that modal where you like hit the options for a post and there's like a diagonal scrolling list of options. Have you seen this yeah. in Alien Blue? Yeah, but I don't. I use the classic view. So like the version I'm using oh, you is can indistinguishable that? from the version I was using a year ago. Oh. Yeah, maybe if I had looked around and changed that, I would have been happier with it. But oh well, I got something that works for me now. Nice. All right, is it my turn? Yes, sir. Okay, so. We're on number three. Um, I'm going to have to say my third top app of 2015 for this year. Wait. Drum roll, please. There it is. Is Dark Sky. Ooh, Dark Sky. Yes. Uh, and so Dark Sky hasn't changed a ton since the last time we uh, talked about it, which, let me see, did it make anyone's list for last year? No, it didn't. All right, so this is actually fresh. I don't feel bad about it. It's an older app, but it hasn't been on one of these top apps of whatever year list we've done. Um, and so this year was a big year for us because the Apple Watch came out. And one of my favorite apps for the Apple Watch is actually Dark Sky, um, just because it's so cool having uh, like the ability to see if rain is about to come or if it's raining currently or what the current temperature is right from my watch, especially like the complication they have now with uh, watch OS 2.0 um, where they can have a custom complication on the watch face. So I, I really appreciate just being able to at a glance, check the weather, what's the temperature? Do I need a coat? Do I not? Um, is it, do I, am I going to be scraping ice off the car this morning? And Dark Sky makes it even easier to do that now that they have an Apple Watch component. So that uh, alone was enough to help it bump up my list of apps for this year. 
You know, it's really funny. Dark Sky is not on my top four, and it is not on my short list of apps that I considered. And when you said that top or that uh, Dark Sky was your number three, I was like, huh. I haven't used a weather app actually in a while. Ever since I got my watch that tells me what the temperature is and what the high and low is going to be for the day. Uh, but I totally forgot that that is the dark sky complication uh-huh. <laughs> that I use. So I actually use dark sky on my watch um, all the damn time. And it's amazing. Hmm. Like you said, it's super useful for, uh, do I need a jacket? Do I need to put a, a jacket on my son when we are going to daycare? Um, what's the high going to be? And I can tell all of that information at a glance. It is uh, wonderful. Especially on the watch. I, I never open the actual app, but I use it on my watch all the time. Yeah, and even on the watch, I don't often open up the full uh, watch app. I end up looking at the glance, and I end up looking at the complication yeah, a lot. same. Uh, not the glance, but the complication. Hmm. Yeah, and I actually have the uh, complication... I think it's the utility face, where... Just has a, like a bunch of different complications and no like uh, no circular analog interface. So modular, I think, is what modular. You're yeah. yeah, right. And so it's the one in the center, and it takes up the most space. And so it tells me the high, the low, current temperature, and when the sunrise or sunset is going to be. Which actually, since the days are really short, um, has actually been more convenient than I would have thought. Hmm. So, really good pick, man. I might have to relocate my complication then. Mine's in the upper left, so it's the small square uh, version. So maybe I could bump that to the middle one, what get it, a little more info. What information does it tell you? Just the current temperature? Yeah, and then if it is going to rain, it puts a little um, umbrella with like raindrops in the square instead. Hmm. Yeah, give it a try. Give it a whirl, having it in the main complication. <laughs> I will do that. All right, man, what do you got up? All right, number three for me. Can I get a drum roll? My number three app of 2050. I don't know if this is cheating. Uh, I picked Hearthstone. No, that's not. Okay. Well, wait, it's cheating. Yes, it is cheating. You don't use your, you don't use the iOS app to play Hearthstone. Perfect. As long as I'm cheating, then I'm doing top four correctly. Hmm, yeah. So maybe I'm wrong. You're the Marco and I'm the Tiff. Hmm, damn it. I had a good thing going for a while there. Uh, So you are wrong. I do use the iPhone version of Hearthstone uh, quite often. And there were two reasons that I thought maybe this was cheating. One is that we're doing our top uh, top apps. This is a game. I don't know if you picked any other other games, but so that was kind of strike one. And also Hearthstone is a game that came out in beta form. Like in 2014, I think is when I started playing it. But uh, that was on the desktop, and it came out on the iPad in 20, like late 2014, I believe. Um, And I maybe played it a couple of times, but not really because my iPad is slow and janky. Um, But then it came out on the phone um, in, I believe, April of this year. And I actually... Um, if I'm in bed, like if it's a weekend and I woke up and Cindy's asleep and I don't want to get out of bed yet, maybe I'll play a game or game or two, maybe play a game or two before I go to sleep. 
maybe um, if I um, if I need to go to the bathroom, couldn't think of a polite way to say that. Maybe I can squeeze in a game here or there, so to speak. <laughs> I shouldn't have said it like that. <laughs> um, and the, I think the real there are two really impressive things about this, other than the fact that I think Hearthstone is an amazing game. Uh, one is that the app was originally created with the intention of going cross-platform, I know, but the first platform that they targeted was desktops. And the way that they have managed to make the game playable from desktop down to a mobile phone using basically the same interface is incredible to me. And I'm not a huge fan of cross-platform solutions, um, and they've used the framework Unity to basically use most of the same code and images and sounds and logic and blah, blah, blah to have the game look pretty much identical um, asset-wise, at least, whether you're playing it on a phone or a desktop. Um, so that's the first thing that I think is super impressive about the iPhone app. The second one is that... Um, when you play on the iPhone, you're not just playing against other iPhone users. You're playing against iPhone users, iPad, Android phone, Android tablet, desktop, um, all the way down the line. And the reason is because they were smart about the way they designed the game and uh, with the client server communications and the game state lives on the server. And so it doesn't really matter what the interface looks like. It's all communicating to the same uh, to the same backend, and uh, it all works pretty seamlessly. It doesn't doesn't matter. You don't know or care that you're playing against somebody on the desktop, um, and I just think that is really, really technically impressive. Yeah, uh, I I think it was earlier this year you introduced me to Hearthstone, and I took it up myself, and it's kind of been a um a situation where it comes and goes and I'll get super addicted to it and then I'll put it down for a couple months. Um, and so I've, I spend most of my time using the iPad version, but I also ended up playing a good bit on, uh, my old iPhone six and six plus. Um, and I kind of just to echo the same thing. I'm just so impressed that usability doesn't take a hit. The smaller the screen size gets like, they're just very intelligent with, um, making use of that screen real estate. Yeah. It's a good pick, and I don't think it's a knock that it's a game at all. Last year, we both picked threes, yeah. and I was close to putting threes on here again. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, so speaking of threes, we're done with our threes, so let's move on to twos. Oh, you're good at this, man. What's your number two? So my number two is the it is an app that I use multiple times a day, um, and I think I might literally be completely lost without it because it is... Uh, a mapping tool. It is uh, Google Maps, which is my uh, number two app of 2015. So uh, I've, I've been a big Google Maps fan for a couple years now. Um, I've been using Google Maps since it was bundled onto the iPhone. And then I think in iOS 5, they uh, unbundled it and included Apple Maps instead. And I never got on board the Apple Maps bandwagon. So I've continued to use Google Maps. And it actually got really, really good um, about a year ago. And it's a little disappointing to me because that was my favorite version. And they've done a couple semi-major upgrades um, in the last couple months that I think look nice but kind of make 
the functionality I got, I got used to using um, just like a couple taps away. And so that's a little frustrating, especially for an app that you use while you're driving usually. So um, like being able to see if a different route on my commute uh, would be a little faster or slower. Um, there's like a workaround, a trick that I uh, got used to using to try that. And then they switched around a couple things. So to do that, it like requires a few more taps, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a big deal when you're driving a moving vehicle. Um, so that was a little bit of a disappointment, but I still think the navigation and just like the accuracy for traffic is just amazing in this app. I know they acquired the app Waze um, a year or two ago, and they've incorporated that mapping, that uh, crowdsource mapping data into Google Maps. So the only thing that Waze does that Google Maps does not is, I think, um, uh, police traps, like uh, speed traps, things like that. So uh, I've bounced around a little bit. I gave Apple Maps a token effort a few times this year, and I downloaded and tried Waze like for a day. And neither one of them really uh, quite cut the mustard, in my opinion. So I am, for the moment, sticking with Google Maps and am pretty happy with it, although I was slightly happier earlier this year. Uh, That's interesting. I'm not sure that I knew that you were a Google Maps person. Um, I use Apple Maps, and for me, Apple Maps is a complete tool uh, in a good way, in the good way that we've discussed previously this episode. I never type into Apple Maps. I will talk to Siri from my home screen and get directions that way if needed. Or if I know I'm going somewhere and I don't know where I'm going, then I will do the thing where I open up Maps on my desktop and then send that to my phone. And then I I have a notification on my phone and I swipe to open it and it just navigates me there. And I hardly ever look at the interface because my watch is tapping me on the wrist. Does Google Maps do watch notifications? They have a watch app now, although it's really just a list of steps in your drive. Yeah. So, like, it's really cool uh, where Apple Maps will tap you a different way, depending on if you need to turn left or turn right. Um, Although, to be fair, this feature did, I remember, get us into trouble when we were at your bachelor party. I started going the wrong way down a one-way road because I uh, I got notified too soon. Um, hmm. but anyway, I'm I'm glad that uh glad that you like Google Maps. Yeah. Um, and and you mentioned the tapping thing like that that sounds very cool and I like the concept of that. But the fact that Google Maps tells me like which lane I need to be in is mm. huge for me because I am really the kind of paranoid paranoid driver that I want to know the step that I have to do most immediately, but I also want to know what step I have to do after that. Cause if it's like, you know, a quarter of a mile down the road and I need to do something very quickly, I want to be aware of that. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that fits into the Apple watch tapping you on the wrist feature. Yeah. Maybe I'm off base with that. I don't know. No, I think you're right. Um, and it's not a feature that is, uh, yeah, great all of the time, but when it is great, uh, it's it's really great. I like it a lot. All right, are we ready for my number two? I'm ready. Lay it on me. My number two app is Plex. Oh, I should not be surprised by that one. That makes a lot of sense. You should not be surprised. Yeah. Uh, so specifically, I'm referring to the Apple TV 
version of Plex. Um, and this is, I, I've mentioned several times on the show that I waited years for a new Apple TV. Um, I waited a similar amount of time to be able to stream my movies and TV to television in a good interface through Plex for a similar amount of time. Um, so I've been waiting for this app for a long time, and it is definitely not without its faults, but it is uh, 100% the app that I use the most on my Apple TVs, which I have three of. Um, and right. I get really good use watching uh, Plex in the bedroom, watching in the living room, and watching in the basement where I work out. Um, and for the most part, it works pretty seamlessly. Um, I think that they actually do a semi, I'll say poor to very poor job with the interface, um, where all I really want is a list of all of my TV shows and show a little notification thing next to the TV shows that have new episodes. Um, but they like have the main screen of the app is like a curated list where they show you the episodes that have aired most recently. And if you like watch, like you just watched episode one of Fargo, um, they would on this interface display episode two, cause they assume you want to watch episode two next. Um, and sometimes it works really great, but when it doesn't, it's really frustrating and you're like, just want a list of all of my shows plex come on um so that's probably the reason that it's not number one for me um there's a couple of frustrations with it but all told um it has made my life uh much much better and i am happy to have it as part of my tv watching and movie watching experience I'm really glad you snuck an Apple TV app in here because it didn't even occur to me to have something other than like an iOS app in here. Ah. So I, I like that. But a quick clarifying question. Yeah. Is this the Plex first party app or is this the knockoff like perplexing or whatever is called app? Yeah, Simplex. Simplex. So I mostly use Plex. I still do have Simplex installed, which is third party, as you mentioned. Um, does the same thing, looks at your same library. Um, it's a little bit less polished, um, but in the rare occasions where something goes wrong with Plex, there have been times where I fell back to Simplex and things did work for me. And I thought, huh, that was really funny. Maybe I should consider using Simplex full-time. Um, but I haven't gotten around to giving it a fair shot yet. And so mm. Plex is the app of choice. It's the one to beat. Uh, yes. Or it is the one that I'm using until it fails frequently or spectacularly enough that I go to Simplex and give that a more fair shot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my number two. All right. So I suspect, based on how both of our lists ended up to this point, that uh, we might have a... Uh, a shared app for our number one spot. Uh, I think there is no way we have the no, same app. No way. There is no way. All right. There's no way. Right, well, I'll throw mine out there. Wait, wait, wait. We'll have to see. No, no, no. So uh, before we do our number ones, we have to talk briefly about the apps that we considered but did not add to our top four. Do you have any oh. like that? Yeah. So I do have a, a couple honorable mentions. Okay. Here. Yeah. Let's hit those. Got to build up this suspense. 
So first honorable mention, didn't make the top four, but still used it a ton this year, uh, is an app we actually mentioned and sl- kind of slammed earlier, which is Alien Blue. So this is my default Reddit client. It's the one that I um, use when I use Reddit almost every single day. Um, I like the interface, but I don't love it. And I mean, especially considering that I use the old version that I assume one day will go away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like Alien Blue. Reason that it didn't make my top four list is because it is basically unchanged from the version that I put on my top uh, app list last year. So wasn't any big improvement. Even though I use it a lot, um, I decided to downgrade that to only be an honorable mention. Yeah. Do we still alternate on these? No, you, let's you just throw one let's go down your list. All right, I only got one more, okay. and this is kind of a weird one. So my other honorable mention is safari for ios 9 interesting yeah so there's two things in particular that i really appreciated about the ios 9 upgrade to safari and those two things are content blockers and the safari view controller which um easily made tweetbot 4 like so much nicer for me to use i i love the ability to um be logged into like a facebook page if i get linked out to there or uh, a, a few different things like that involving um, authenticating because previously every third-party app you brought up like a custom window into a, into a Facebook or whatever and you had to like log in. Now it remembers that you've logged into Facebook on Safari so it remembers that in TweetBot 4. Um, and then also content blockers. So Marco came out with Peace earlier this year and then there's a couple others that were notable. I think Crystal was one, a few others. I forget which one I ended up settling on after the whole peace debacle. Um, but I really like content blockers. Like the fact that ads really were becoming so terrible on mobile devices. Like these are screen sizes that are basically the size of like a business card and you're filling it up with like um, two banner ads, you know, on one on the top and the bottom, and then a pop-up ad, and it's just like awful, just a terrible experience. So the fact that content blockers are out there, and I'm not seeing these terrible advertisements, and I presume that I'm getting tracked a little bit less by all those gross analytics companies, um, that just really is a relief in my mind. So Safari and the features that it brought with iOS 9 was a, a standout honorable mention this year. Very nice. Uh, while you were talking about Safari, I figured out what your number one is, of course. Um, and we do not share the same number one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so going down my honorable mentions, I already put out TweetBot 4, um, which really good at, just not in the top four. Um, I also have Test Flight that was briefly considered. Um, because I consider it to be an indispensable part of my job nowadays. And, uh, if, for those of you who don't know, test flight is the way that you can distribute iOS apps to beta testers outside of the app store. Um, and I use it all the time and it works really good, both for professional projects and my own side projects that I'm doing. Um, so I think it's really cool. Um, also considered is an app called Pushover, which is, again, another tool, uh, that all the app does is handle notifications for you. 
and that's it. So they have an API, a pushover API, where you can say, hey, pushover, send a notification, or hey, pushover, this happened, and pushover knows to send a notification. So I use that for my uh, television, and yeah, so for when television shows get downloaded, I get notified through pushover. Hmm. Um, And it has worked seamlessly. Um, I'm very happy with it and uh, just wanted to put it out there as an honorable mention. Um, And then I have a couple of uh, additional games that I also wanted to do quick shout outs to. Uh, One is Alto's Adventure, which is a side scrolling an endless side scrolling uh, snowboarding game where it has one button that you press to jump. And while you do jumps, you also do backflips. And you are just snowboarding down the side of this mountain, and the sound design and music and graphics of this app are absolutely top-notch. Maybe after Hearthstone, my favorite game. um, My favorite game? Maybe my favorite game of 2015. I played it a lot. Mm. Um, And then I also put Pac-Man 256 on my honorable mentions, uh, another really solid game. It's by the same people who did, uh, Crossy Road. Um, and Pac-Man 256 is an endless scrolling Pac-Man game that has like power-ups and really cool music and really cool graphics. Um, and it's like you scroll at like a 45 degree angle. So not like completely vertically. Um, and it can get really intense because there's like uh, like the game is constantly pushing you forward so you can never go backwards. Um, and even though I'm not a huge fan of Pac-Man, um, I spent quite a bit of time playing Pac-Man 256 this year and it was great. And then the last honorable mention that I have is an app that I don't even know if you've played this one. Um, but it, it got pretty popular a couple of years ago and they came out with a big update this year. Um, and that is quiz up. Are you familiar with that? Oh, hmm. Yeah, I I think I played this for like two weeks Yeah, late last year. Yeah. So uh, to refresh your memory then a little bit, it's basically a one-on-one quiz game where you get matched. You pick a category, like say television shows, and then you get matched with another random person in the world and you answer the same six, I believe, questions. Um, and they're all multiple choice. So it says, oh, who was Monica's brother in Friends? And you each have uh, a certain amount of time to select the right answer from the list of four. Um, if you select it fast enough, then you get more points than if you select it more slowly. Um, and that's basically the gist of the game. The new update that they came out with uh, introduced a lot of really cool, well, I think really cool social features and additional gamifications to the game that uh, really add a whole lot to the experience. And I was really impressed when that came out earlier this year. Um, Hmm. So, quiz up. Awesome. You had a lot more games than I did. I should have dug a little deeper. Yeah, I mean, I'm a a fan of the casual game. You're more of a fan of the hardcore, right? Yeah, that's true, actually. So, I, I don't know. Maybe we spent, like, an equal amount of time playing video games, but where we did it was quite different. Yeah. Actually, you play a lot of Hearthstone. I don't, I don't know if it was equal. <laughs> I, I don't know. I maybe play like a half hour of Hearthstone a day. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 a lot. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, I play a lot of video games. 
Um, all right, man. Do you want to do our number ones? I do. All right. Can I go first? It's it's me? Yeah. Uh, do a recap of your top four before you do your number one. Uh, if for no other reason, then I forgot what your number four was. All right. So number four was Tweetbot 4. That was it. <laughs> it took me a second, too. Number three was Dark Sky. Number two was Google Maps. And my number one top app of 2015, wait for it. Thank you. Let me open the envelope. Is Spotify. Surprise, surprise. No way. I know, yeah. That's not what I thought it would be. A comp boy throwing out Spotify I as for his sure top app. You were going to say Overcast. I should that was one of my top apps of 2014. I have uh I've upgraded Spotify this year to the top spot. Um Wow, okay. I think there was some really big changes to Spotify this year. Um and also really big challenges to the landscape. So Google uh or I'm sorry, well, Google has their music service too, but um Apple came out with Apple Music. RDO folded earlier this year. Like there's been a lot of movement going on in the music space, you know? And throughout the entire year, I think Spotify has kind of distinguished themselves from all the other services out there. Um, Apple Music really pushed their uh, curated playlists and the fact that they're not just created by algorithms. They have a human touch to these playlists. So um, the discoverability was supposed to be really high with them. Like two days after Apple Music came out, Spotify announced Discover Weekly, which has been the single biggest change yep. to how I discover new music since I've been born. Dude, so I don't want to derail you too much, but I just want to point out uh, on Spotify, you can see what your friends are listening to. And I just scrolled through my list of friends earlier today and like six or seven people were listening to their Discover Weekly playlist. It's huge. Yeah, it, it's huge. Yeah. It, I mean, it. I, I basically like have come up with a new flow now. So I uh, get a new playlist, I think, every week, and I'll just listen to those tracks and favorite the ones that I like. Yep. And then I just like basically end up every week like listening to those songs until I'm burnt out on them. And then uh, I guess what I do is towards the end of the year now, I uh, go and call through all of my my songs on Spotify, and I pick those ones that stood out the most this year, and that's how I've been coming up with my top songs of 2015, which we'll have to visit uh, on another day. Yeah. Um, but it is just like the volume of music and the variety that I've been listening to has been awesome. Like just trying new things and seeing if they stick or not has really uh, opened up like the different avenues of music that I've been listening to uh, a lot. Yeah, I think Spotify is head and shoulders above uh, Apple Music, at least in terms of usability. Um, there are some things that Apple Music does that Spotify can't compete with, like having Taylor Swift songs and also uh, Siri integration. Um, I really miss not being able to say, hey, Siri, play Taylor Swift's 1989, 1989, 86? 89. Yeah, see, I don't even, I can't listen to it since I don't have Apple Music. Um, and then using Siri to launch uh, songs, I really miss that feature. Um, but otherwise, I think Spotify is just fantastic. The Discover Weekly playlists, like you said, are more often than not absolutely fantastic and either have songs that I haven't listened to in a long time that uh, I really 
uh, I'm excited to hear them again, or they are brand new to me and really solid picks. Um, the, oh, the other thing that I really like about Spotify over Apple music is that the, not just the iOS app, but the desktop app for listening is a really nice experience as well. Yeah, and then one last thing about Spotify, also the ability to cast whatever music you're listening to to a different source so I can be using the Spotify app on my phone and choose to play music from the Spotify app on my desktop or on my laptop or on the PlayStation. And it's just a really slick feature that works more often than not, and I just have gotten really used to using it. And I think the only way it could really be improved is if uh, you could play multiple, um, if you could play music from multiple sources at the same time, like AirPlay does. So one knock to it, but overall, uh, I've been super impressed with Spotify this last year. been really happy with it. That's fantastic. Really good pick, man. All right, so if not Spotify, I am super interested to hear what your top pick of, uh, of the year is. You don't have any predictions? Any predictions? Um, what about Simon Grid? <laughs> oh, you mean the the hit game from friend of the show Alexander Comp? Yeah. No, yep. not Simon Grid. Mm, all right, all right. Snapchat, <laughs> dude. I have no idea how to use Snapchat. That's how uh, how you know you're getting old. Every once in a while, Team Snapchat will send me a snap, and I have no idea how to get to it and see <laughs> what they sent me. Well, you get your uh, bicycles out, and then you go ask your grandson. My gosh, can't believe it. Uh, no, my number one app of 2015, drumroll please, is Photos. Photos? Yeah. Really? Told you. Shocker. Wow. Yeah. What an upset. Spotify didn't even make the honorable mentions, no. huh? Spotify, uh, again, just kind of fades into the background for me. Hmm. Um, consider it kind of a tool. I, I do have a couple of small gripes with Spotify. Overall, I think it's great, but uh, it's it's your number one app, so I'll keep those gripes to myself for right now. But they're small gripes. Um, but photos. Um, I am totally, uh, what's the word? Engrossed in the Apple ecosystem. I have two MacBook Pros. I have a iPhone. I have an iPad that I use every once in a while. Um, I three have Apple TVs. Three Apple TVs, right? Your your wife's phone, yep. both uh, your Apple Watches. Oh, no, you only have the one Apple Watch. Yeah, we only have the one. Um, most of my family is on uh, iPhones as well. Um, and so what this means is that the photos that I take, and I've been taking a lot of pictures since my son's been born, um, they are everywhere that I am. If I'm on the road, they're on my phone. If I'm on the computer, they're on my desktop. Um, if I'm just, if I'm at the TV, they're on my Apple TV. Um, they're all stored in the cloud. Um, and it's such an amazing and useful feature and such a difficult and complicated problem that Apple has solved by having this photos app exist um on all of these different platforms um that i it is again this is a transformative app for me um i oh we had thanksgiving 
uh, last month, right? And the entire family came over, and I set up a photo stream, and everybody who had an iPhone, I invited to the photo stream, and then while people were just walking around during the party at our house, they were taking pictures, and then they could add them to the photo stream. I had that set as a screensaver for the Apple TVs, and so it was like live updates of pictures of the party while you're at the party. Inception. Uh, yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, we did a similar thing for your wedding. We had a photo stream set up. Uh, you set up a photo stream for your uh, professional wedding photos so that we can see all of those. It's like a five gig photo stream. Yeah. Um, so it's amazing. Um, I, I feel like I take a lot more photos because they are so easily accessible from oh i also i have another photo stream set up that is just me and cindy and mom and cindy's mom and cindy's dad um and it's just pictures of connor so that we don't have to post a million photos to facebook all the time and bother all of our friends and family um i'm sure they end up there anyway (laughs) well i mean i still update facebook and twitter and instagram every once in a while but only like the absolute cutest ones but like the one the photo stream with the grandparents, I can just, uh, I can put a dozen photos a day on there and they're, they're happy to, happy to see it. Yeah. And actually, um, over the past like week or two, Mary Beth and I have watched a lot of slideshows of photo streams and albums on our Apple TV, which, um, isn't like a new feature or anything like that, but it's just so slick, like getting those professional wedding photos and just, um, having them stream to the Apple TV and just like uh, without any effort on my part, like arranging them and putting the music yeah. together into a very pleasing way. Um, we did that with our wedding booth, wedding photo booth pictures from our wedding too. So like a couple of times we just sat down and watched the photos that, uh, that came from our wedding. Like, I, I think that's really nice. Um, actually one other thing that I totally forgot about till just now, um, about photos Mary Beth and I sat down the other night and actually started making our wedding uh, book out of like one of, uh, I forget what it's called, but Safari or um, Photos offers the option to print a, a book of your photos. You can arrange them however you want, and then they'll ship it to you just like Shutterfly would. <laughs> so like Mary Beth was trying to create a Shutterfly album, and I'm like, let me try something else. And I just like opened that up and did the first couple pages and then handed it to her. She's like, how big is this thing? It's like 20 pages. She's like, well, I just hit 20. I was like, okay, we'll double it, do 40. And then she hit 40 and like just kept going. Like she really took to it. And it seems like it's, uh, I, I mean, I haven't gotten the album yet, but I assume it's super high quality. Everything Apple does is. So I'm, uh, I'm really impressed with photos. Like it only came out in the last year and it's, you know, it cemented itself as uh, one of the most important apps that I use like regularly. Yep. So that that's a really good pick. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you approve. Oh, and I didn't, I'm an idiot. I didn't do my entire top four. So my number four was AMRC, the Reddit client. My number three was Hearthstone. My number two, Plex. Number one, Photos. Really good variety. I can't believe we didn't have any uh, duplicates. Oh yeah, you're right. Wow. We're getting good at this, man. Yeah. Couple more years and we will be ready to retire. (laughs) Yeah, last year we had two apps that were on both of our list together. Hmm. They were Tweetbot 3 and 3s. Did one of us have Overcast on their list last year? Was it you? 
Yeah, I did. And then I started using Overcast, I think because of this this episode last year. And then eh, it's just kind of there now. I use it, <laughs> but it's just kind of there. Yeah, like Spotify. Yeah. Like like ASRM. AMRC. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, well, I'll, it'll be in the show notes. You can click on the link in there. Awesome, man. Well, this was really solid. So what, what are we looking forward to uh, next episode? Um, yeah, next episode, let's do our top four songs of 2015, I think. Sounds good. All right, you want to sign us off? Yeah, so get some plugs out of the way here. If you want to follow my goings-on on the internet, um, I'm on Twitter. It is at Aaron Comp. I also have a website, which is AaronComp.com. Um, how about you, Adam? I have a website as well. It is www.adamcomp.com. I have Twitter as well. It is at Adam Comp. And we have a Twitter as TechDown. It is at TechDownFM, as well as a website, which is www.techdown.fm. Go check us out. You can listen to all of our episodes there, or you can check us out and rate us on iTunes. That's right. Rate us on iTunes. If you're using Overcast, go ahead and recommend that episode so it gets shared to your Twitter friends. Um, let's grow out Tech Down Nation for 2016. Dude, uh, Tech Down was actually my number one recommended uh, podcast on Overcast. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Let me see if it's still there. Add a podcast. Ooh, there are three ahead of it right now. Mm. But it's still in that little top group. Awesome. All right, let's bump it up then. Let's get it to number one, everyone. That's right. All right, Adam. Well, I will talk to you very soon. All right, take it easy, man.